G'day, humans. Chris Funder here with Alex Freddie Williams for another edition of Wrestling Oddstop. Alex, how are you, mate? I'm fantastic, mate. I am uh, in no trouble, trouble, trouble because I am ready to fly as we get ready to make an impact and cross the line in this wonderful episode of shows. Yes, well, sorry about your damn luck falling down that catacomb as we prepare to count down our top 10 TNA themes. Yeah, uh, not often you can outpun me, but you just outpunned me. That was fantastic. That really, that really proves that you were quite the killer, Queen. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, I'm running out too. I was pretty much just going to like cut bait and just go, Shark Boy! <laughs> Actually, very underrated wrestler. <laughs> Very underrated. Uh, I'll, uh, my appropriate response for that would be to say, oh, shell, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I suppose we should get into this. Who wants to start? Very I'll good. start. All right. So today we are talking about the best TNA themes of all time. I sort of threw this up as just like without any pre preparation to talk about this. Like when you asked me off air and I was like, oh, I said, su suggested something else. Not going to say that because we might do that down the road. And then I was like, oh, no, let's do TNA theme since we always talk about TNA. It gives us an excuse to get it off our chest. And I was like, oh, geez, it's going to be a struggle to come up with 10 songs. Turns out it wasn't. It took me like maybe half an hour to come up with these 10 songs. So, without further ado, -do, my number 10 is The Beautiful People. Wow, uh, that's a yeah, I, I think it's a really good tune. Like, it is just an instrumental rock song, but, like, it's just got a good feel to it. Like, it really lends itself well to their entrance and all that sort of stuff. You know, when they, as the great uh, Peter Sinertia would say on TNA commentary, when they let the pigeons loose. Yes, I called Taz by his shoot name. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I really love this theme. Uh, it's something I think of. It's like one of those tunes that really makes me think of a time that I really loved TNA, to be honest. Yeah, I'd have to agree as well. And it's one of those standout themes from the uh, women's division over there as well. Yeah, definitely. It's a uh, drop an eye, but it's iconic. <laughs> um, and, and I would say like this is a team that sort of influenced a lot of like women's tag teams since like there's a little hint of the personality of the beautiful people in like teams like the Iconics and then like Lakel not long after this like I think we had a bit of a, a discussion on one of the Fruity's Ultimate Game Shows about what came first Lakel or the beautiful people I think it had it actually was the beautiful people, but Lakel definitely ripped off this gimmick a lot. And it's a pretty good formula for a women's tag team. You know, just play up the main girls thing. And yeah, it's good fun. Yeah, and it was 
redone recently uh, in Ring of Honor as the Allure. Yeah, yeah, and um, they pretty much put together the whole band to help get over a younger talent in Mandy Leone, wasn't it? Yeah, Mandy Leone was the um, the Ring of Honor woman they chose to pair with. Um, was it Madison Rain and Angelina Love, I believe, were the two that she was paired with? I think it was Velvet Sky, because Velvet Sky is with Bully Ray in real life. So, yeah, but... Spoiler alert, we'll save our Madison Rain chat for later. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, so from the beautiful people, I go to another trio's team. I chose the Rascals. You know what? Um, I really enjoyed the start of their theme. <laughs> it is hilarious. It is great. Um, reminds me of when I was a younger rascal, to say the least. Um, but I, I kind of disagree with you. But music is subjective. I think the music is a little generic. And I was like watching Impact this week and being like, Man, they don't really have many good themes anymore. And this was the theme that made me think of that. Oh boy, we've got very different opinions than it seems. Yeah, I I, I love the start of it. <laughs> I love the start of the theme, but I love the gimmick. Oh man, yeah, I I think it's one of the better of the new anthem our global force impact wrestling tna themes <laughs> yeah but um, I, I definitely don't argue that i just think like throughout the entire history of tna this doesn't this doesn't uh blip the radar for me but it's your opinion man i'll let you explain it yeah i just really really enjoy it and like you said, that little cheeky start to it as well also plays up a fair bit. Yeah, it reminds me of when I used to listen to Conan's podcast. They'd play the start of the Rascals theme song every five minutes. Except it wasn't the Rascals theme song, it was just Conan hanging out. <laughs> You'd just hear it in the background of his podcast. Oh, man. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so moving on from the Rascals, I couldn't go past my boy, J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T. Yeah, uh, that's a very good pick. Um, I'm going to sit out and let you talk about this one because I'll have my time to talk about this very soon. Oh, man. It's just that slow, plodding sort of metal guitar that... <laughs> and it's like, it's a synonymous theme with TNA. 
Like, he had that theme on the very first episode and never changed it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's weird to think, like, even when he was coming out to Australia to do, like, press tours and that, when he was on Rove McManus's TV show, because Rove's a wrestling fan, he, like, uses that theme for, like, his little entrance music clip as he does his sit-down interview with Rove, and there's, like, a backstage brawl segment where Rove smashes a guitar over him and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, um... Jeff Jarrett had this theme in World Wrestling All-Stars before TNA even existed. You know the connection between the two companies, don't you? Oh, yeah. It, it was pretty much a tryout for TNA. Yeah. But you know what ends up happening to the champions there, don't you? Yeah. It all sort of uh, merges into the NWA, doesn't it? Yeah, so the... Was it WWA World's title merges with the uh, NWA title at the time? Then the uh, WWA, I think it's light heavyweight title, merges into the X Division title. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think it's one of the most synonymous themes with TNA Impact, but it wasn't number one for me. Yeah, yeah, like. There's a fair argument to give this song, like, number one with a bullet for me. But, um, oh, by the way, apologies if you hear any rain in the background. <laughs> um, but there are a lot of other songs that I, I sort of give the... Uh, I, I put higher up on the list because of the amount of times I used to hear Jeff Jarrett's theme song towards the end of his run in TNA and it used to make me cringe. (laughs) Yeah, that's a fair point too. Late uh, TNA run Jeff Jarrett probably is not the best Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, uh, or it was, or there was like that time in the mid-2000s where it was like, oh, we need a main eventer. We got a mystery main eventer in tonight and out comes Jeff Jarrett and it always was just met with disappointment because it was like oh here we go another Jeff Jarrett main event run so like there was a time where Jeff Jarrett's music was synonymous with just dread and disappointment for me (laughs) oh man um so I suppose, speaking of dread and disappointment, what's something that didn't give you that and was your number nine? Well, I think this is another uh, TNA theme song that's just like... Um, it It just... I, hit, I think of TNA and I think of this theme song and my number nine is uh, Samoa Joe's theme, the one with the rap in it. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's really good. Um, not to mention, like, TNA Samoa Joe. Like, yeah, there's a couple of disappointing years there, but all in all, it's it's some really good stuff. Okay, Doug. 
Yeah, like I said, there's a couple of uh, how you going sort of years there. Um, um, I, I would like to uh, bring up right now that I think Samoa Joe's tag team with Magnus is so underrated. Him, yeah. him and Magnus was an amazing tag team. Felt like throwing that out there. Don't know if I'd ever get the chance to talk about it again. <laughs> Brutus Magnus. Yeah, man. Oh, man. Um, geez, wow. Yeah, Joe was sort of a core guy of TNA for so long. And now, how long has he been with the Fed? Like five, maybe six years? I, th- I think it's been five or four. Yeah, I think it was like 2015, 2016, from my memory. Yeah, wow. Yeah, because it was, um, he came out to a feud with Kevin Owens, wasn't it? Possibly, I think so. Yeah, it was 2015. Ah, very good. Yeah, yeah and... By 20. I remember by 2016, he was already uh, feuding for the NXT title with Nakamura in the later half of that year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, it's crazy. Like, Samoa Joe was so synonymous with TNA for such a long time, and now he's the voice of Monday Night Raw. (laughs) Ah. Like, but Joe just injured at the moment, or is he that injured they're not going to clear him for a long time? He's meant to just be injured, but man, he's had a couple of runs on commentary due to his injuries, so those injuries are really starting to pile up that I could see them just being like, nah, you're a commentator now. Look after yourself. Oh boy, that's sad. It is sad, but, like, there were so many missed opportunities with him in the WWE, but injuries got in the way. But TNA Samoa Joe, come on. Like, nothing better. Him and Kurt Angle, like, that lockdown match from 2009 where they sort of built it as an MMA cage fight, so good. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, was it like the only five-star rated match in TNA history? Is him? Is it him? AJ? I'll let you figure this one out before I help you. Oh Someone in AEW. Daniels. Yeah. Yeah, in the freeway match. Yeah, was Unbreakable it... 2005. Sorry. Is the unbreakable pay-per-view from 2005, and they let the X Division have the main event that night. I um, thought it was Nah. Uh, I think they... Actually, I think they did a rematch, like, three or four years later at a sacrifice. Like, the exact three-way, but they did it, like, at sacrifice, like, in, like, 2009 or 2010 or something. Except it was for, like, the world title at that point. At some point, they did that. Anywho. Oh. Um, 
Yeah, it was during like AJ Styles' weird like um, I'm Ric Flair now stage. Like, oh. Oh, no. he had the blonde tips and he had the Ric Flair robe, except it had a hood on it because it's AJ Styles and he needs to lift up a hood. Needs more fun to clap. I like ricochet. <laughs> yeah. But man, that unbreakable three way match from 05, just amazing stuff. I would say there's a very good possibility we'll be reviewing that at some point. Yeah, now I've got Impact Plus. Yeah, we, we need to dive into the Impact reviews a bit more, I think, like for our old school reviews. Yeah, there's so much out there. It's sort of where do you want to go and where do you want to punish someone? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's uh, with TNA, it's very easy to pick something bad just to punish you, but there is some very good stuff on there as well. And Love Samoa Joe was my number nine. <laughs> just to get yeah. back on track. You just missed out on an honourable mention for myself. Um, so I suppose your number eight. Yeah, uh, we don't need to deep dive too much on this one because we just talked about him. But my number eight is Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, pretty much everything we said earlier. It's synonymous with TNA. The only reason it's not higher is because there is a certain period of time where I associate this theme song with dread and dismay. But, um, yeah, it's a really good song. It's a great tune. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I suppose, is there anything else you want to touch upon that I didn't mention previously? Not really, man. Uh, there is... I, I don't know if you recall this, but when Karen Jarrett started becoming, like, a more prominent character, <laughs> they had, like, a remix of Jeff Jarrett's theme song for Karen Jarrett. Nah, <laughs> don't... So bad. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Uh, what's your number eight, brother? Yeah, well, I suppose, speaking of things that fill you with grand despair, this one will. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to take you back to simpler time, 2011. Oh, God. This is a really bad time. <laughs> yes. Do you remember a certain wedding of a certain uh, American's daughter? Where a certain faction happened to ruin it. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about aces and eights. Oh, we skip. 
Oh, man. Oh, man. You know what? It was very close to making my honourable mentions. But the dread and despair of the entire angle sort of knocked it down for me. I'm letting the the music be deterred by what it's associated with, I guess. Oh, man. Um, I really like it because it's like what you'd associate sort of, I suppose, like Sons of Anarchy type theme song with. Yeah, definitely. Oh, it's perfect music for this gimmick. Um, what was Yeah, the, um... what? At, at one point, this gimmick actually ruled. It just went on a little bit too long. Like, oh, there's, that ep- there's that episode of Impact, like, just after it's revealed that Bully Ray is the leader, where, like, the entire show is, like, Bully... Like, in between matches, Bully Ray would, like, show clips from, like, months earlier as to how that affected him becoming the leader of the Aces and Eights and, like, going into all this great, like, long-term detail about the formation of it and and their motivation and all that sort of stuff. And it's, like, one of the best episodes of Impact I ever saw. But then it just goes on for way too long. (laughs) I suppose... Speaking about current long-term booking, you want oh, to sidetrack side for a moment to retire? I mean, retribution. Yes, uh, they are now aces and six foot eights by the looks of things, as opposed to the five foot eights they once were. Um, okay, so pretty much, Mustafa Ali is the leader. I've gone back via cage match and looked at his uh, matches on TV since August. Oh, God. Do you want to guess when his last win on Raw or SmackDown in a singles match was? Well, technically, his... Oh, singles match. Oh, bugger. Um, I couldn't even tell you, man. Have a wild guess. Uh, was it when he was on SmackDown? Yes. Yeah. Was it like... Um, just after he came back from that injury that took him out of the Elimination Chamber last year? Um, I believe so. Give me like mid-2019. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So his last singles documented victory by a cage match. (laughs) Oh, God, I love this because it is so stupid. So this is non-dark matches, non-house show matches, non-main event or 205 Live. This is just Raw and SmackDown. Oh, God. His last singles victory. The 29th of the 11th, 2019, Mustafa Ali defeats Drew Gulak on SmackDown. Wow. Well, you know what? That adds to his motivation for forming Retribution. Since July, when he was drafted to Raw, he lost to Bobby Lashley. Um, 
lost to Riddick Moss on main event. Beat Atura Rojas on main event. Lost to Ricochet on main event. Beat Tazaro on main event. Beat Humberto Carrillo. Lost to Ricochet. And then the Hurt Business segment this week. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think this retribution gimmick actually is a really good way to sort of make up for bad booking of people because they can just be like, oh yeah, they were screwed over by the system. That's why they're part of retribution. <laughs> yeah, yep. he's, ang he's angry at the system because of all these losses and all that, that he decided to form retribution. He was going to be, he was going to reveal himself as the hacker on SmackDown but the system screwed him over and moved him to Raw at the start of the pandemic. Now he forms Retribution and helps him get into bloody close set locations and hack into Titantrons and stuff like that. Um, and then you look at like Slapjack, Shane Thorne. Uh, he gets called up to the main roster, becomes part of is part of a tag team and then he gets managed by MVP only to get dropped a couple of weeks later so MVP can form the Hurt Business and who's Retribution feuding with? The Hurt Business. <laughs> um, That's another stupid thing because they have more turns on Raw each week than the Big Show does in a month. There, there isn't any turns here. I don't think. And then Retribution comes out and they're supposed to be faces. Retribution are heels. That's what I mean. Yeah, they're both heels. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would say there's no turn here. There's no, like, pick a side. I'm going to defend a heel faction versus a heel faction because, quite frankly, I've got something down the road <laughs> similar to this. But it's just like, uh, this Retribution heel team has different heel motivations to the other heel team. And, you know, one team's motivated by bringing down the system. The other team's basically motivated by money. One of these team's motivations sort of gets in the way of the other team making their money. So this is very similar to... Aces and eights versus would it have been Fortune at the time. Oh man, they brought back Fortune for that. <laughs> I think so. They brought back the main event Mafia at one point to feud with Aces and Eights. Oh man. Yeah, well, anyway, speaking of Aces and Eights, we're going to my number seven. None other than the aforementioned main event Mafia. Come on. Actually, I like the start of this theme, but then it gets all weird. It's like, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Makes all these weird sounds, but yes. 
I will give you a pass on this one because I love the main event mafia. At least the original incarnate incarnation of it anyway. Yeah, and didn't you say Scott Steiner was running around for like six months going, Don't worry, the mafia's still a thing. We're getting back together. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. Like immortal like there's a, a scene of him with Immortal. And he's, like, telling Immortal that the main event mafia is going to, like, take down Immortal. Immortal's, like, two years after the main event mafia was a thing. <laughs> and Scott Steiner just, like, busted into the locker room in his old main event mafia track, track suit. And he's like, we're going to take you down. We're going we to book it. Oh, no, we don't have him. He went up north. Um, we got that. No, no, he was at the Rumble this year. Uh, uh, Angle's somewhere. We got him. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, uh, by the way, I just realised what you did. You made aces and eights your number eight. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, not going to spoil anything, but... It's going to be easy to figure it out after I say this, but I do something very similar coming up. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, so from there, I suppose there's not really too much to talk on the Mafia. Oh, man, I love the Mafia, so that's fine. Uh, <laughs> the, the wrestling stable, <laughs> not the real Mafia. Uh, oh, <laughs> Alex Alex Williams to underbelly confirmed. Um, <laughs> Remember uh, when that was banned in Victoria? Yeah, man. Oh, like I, I used to have have it like got it from like I don't know some nefarious means to be able to watch it, and I was like, oh, yeah, I am such a I'm such a rebel, I got underbelly. The stupid Take thing that, police. <laughs> you can go across the border. You can go to Aubrey and, like... Yeah. yeah, like, I live in Wodonga. I didn't then, but... I could just go for a ten-minute drive <laughs> across the border and go to Aubrey, go to JB Hi-Fi and get it underbelly. Yeah, and it would have been cheaper than anywhere in Victoria would have sold it for anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so, main event, Mafia. <laughs> my number, my number seven. Uh, Alex, where do you go for number seven? Yeah, my number seven um, is one of my favourite wrestlers of all time that I probably don't give enough credit to on this podcast. And I find his TNA run to be one of the most underrated things from TNA's history. And I feel like him uh, jumping the ship to TNA sort of set the t uh, turned the tide for a lot of things for TNA in 05. So my number seven is the instant classic Christian Cage. <laughs>
Yeah, really good theme. I forgot about this and uh, missed out my honourable mentions. Yeah, um, also it's a blatant rip-off of an Evanescence song called My Immortal. Oh no, not My Immortal, it's uh, My Last Breath by Evanescence. It's a blatant rip-off of that. It's the exact same beat and everything, just without the lyrics. So... Oh, I didn't realise. Yeah, so I don't mind that. It's fine. Like, it's just a really good tune. It's a good beat. They ripped off a good beat, so that's fine. Uh, Christian's run in TNA is amazing. Um, I don't know if you saw any of this during that time period, but the Christian Coalition? Does that ring no. any bells for you? I'm familiar with the name, but I've probably seen little clips here and there, but not much of it. So Chris the Christian Coalition was a trio of, cr obviously, Christian, his problem solver, Tyson Tomko, who was renamed Travis Tomko in TNA. Wow, big change there. And, you know, the young up-and-comer AJ Styles. Christian <laughs> Tomko and AJ. And, like, this was at a time where AJ was strictly a comedy gimmick. Like, he was the loser, like... He pretty much played, like... Christian from 2000, except in the Christian Coalition. <laughs> it was oh, just, a, just a dork, but it was so fun. Like, if you forget about the fact that this guy's probably the best wrestler in the world at this point in time, and you're just resorting to using him as a comedy gimmick, if you forget about that, it's actually really fun to watch. And there's, like, a really good, like, back and forth dynamic between like Tomko and AJ about who Christian likes the best oh really yeah yeah it's just like those two are like fighting for like um, Christian's love and approval basically it sounds pretty funny on paper actually yeah it's really good and then, like, Tomko ends up in, like, this weird tag team with Scott Steiner, which is also amazing <laughs> for all the wrong reasons. Um, oh, but, boy. yeah, Christian... And then it, it pretty much just built to a Christian versus AJ Styles feud, which, as you could imagine, was amazing. They had some incredible matches. Uh, Christian's TNA run was amazing. Um being the first real guy to sort of jump ship from WWE to TNA. Um, well, at least the first, you know, noteworthy guy to do it, like higher up on the card. Like he was edging towards the main event picture when he jumped ship, when he jumped ship. So yeah, I love Christian Cage in TNA. I love his theme. Yeah, yeah, I agree with everything you've said there. It's just one, once I read out the honourable mentions, yeah, just missed the cut. Ah, uh, it's a travesty. I've got a significantly smaller honourable mentions than I did for New Japan. I think I could think of ten really good TNA themes, like, quickly, 
But then, like, thinking of more was a bit of a struggle. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, uh, yeah, so on to your number six, kind sir. Yes, uh, my number six. Uh, she's still part of the company, and she's a killer queen, so, so they say, uh, Madison Rain. It's just a really good rock song. Like, I like the lyrics in it. I like the riff. It's just a really good tune. Um, it used to get stuck in my head all the time back in like 2011 when she was like the centerpiece of the knockouts with Gail Kim. Um, yeah, like Madison Rain at one point was just on fire in TNA. Um, I loved her stuff, like, as being the third in The Beautiful People. Actually, she might have been the fourth. They had Lacey Von Erich for a minute there, too. Yeah, the first of the third generation Von Erichs. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, wonder if she, I haven't heard of anything about her ever since. A um, uh, little bit on the indies, but since retired. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. Uh, she had a look anyway. Uh, I can't remember her in ring being that flashy. But yeah. Madison Rain really like broke out in that group and like ends up turning on her and does her own thing, like becomes the prom queen, the killer queen of the knockouts division. Like has a lengthy title run. Um some of her matches with Gal Kim are just extraordinary. Her overall presentation on TNA was amazing, and it's one of those things that's easy to overlook because of, like, yeah, there's been much more, like, bigger, more significant in the grand scheme of wrestling, like, uh, all around the world sort of thing, names than Madison Rain. But I think she had an amazing run, and I just love her theme. Yeah, well, I'd have to agree there. Well, as I'd have to agree there as well. It's another one that sort of missed on my shortlist. Man, I must be picking the wrong ones here. <laughs> Don't you worry. Once I get to my honourable mentions, you'll see why it makes a lot more sense. Okay. So, going from a killer queen. For my number six choice, I go to James Storm. Sorry about your damn luck. I'm a creek swimming, moonshine sipping, beer skinning, beer drinking, Johnny Cash listening. Good segue. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. 
<laughs> you gotta leave that one in. I love, I love that. Go from a killer queen to James Storm. <laughs> yep, I uh, definitely associate those two terms. Um, now, I, I completely forgot to put James Storm on both of my lists. Like, my 10 and my honourable mentions. Um, but that's a really good pick. Yeah, I was looking at this or the, um, the Bobby Roode or the Beer Money song and this one just stands out for me. Yeah. Yeah, man, James Storm. Oh. Man, I, I often, like way too often, <laughs> for my own sanity's sake, think about like what would have happened if James Storm continued his run in NXT he had in like 2015 Bobby Roode wouldn't have gotten a spawn he would have been NXT champion like imagine what would have happened like or maybe we would have got beer money in the WWE like they'd probably be called something else like something money yeah like uh all the money yeah yeah what's um <laughs> what's whiskey check doing in the full sale zone um <laughs> whiskey check they'd come up <laughs> they'd come up with like a super lazy name for him and be like it's the glorious cowboys <laughs> Uh, and well, their theme song would just be both of their theme songs just like 10 seconds of Bobby Roode's, 10 seconds of James Storm. Just mix and match. Actually, his NXT theme is really good. <laughs> the one he had for a month. Did, have you ever seen, this is like, I doubt you've seen it, but there was a, t a table for three on the WWE Network Featuring, like, Jeff Jarrett, AJ Styles, and I think it was Samoa Joe. The TNA one. Yeah. I've seen the, some clips for it. I don't think I've ever sat down and watched the full show. So, on that one, Jeff Jarrett brings up a point that had never been discussed before to AJ, and AJ confirms that it's true. AJ Styles' current theme song was originally meant for James Storm. Wow. That wouldn't work. How weird would, like, James Storm... But if you think about the lyrics, there's, like, they don't want none, they don't want none, and all that, but then there's, like, stuff about this good old country boy and all that sort of stuff is in the lyrics. Southern boy. I don't know, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, um... Yeah, he, he, here's the lyrics. They looking scared, no, they don't really want none. We some southern boys with the farmer strength. Come on, man. And then there's another couple of lines. You better give respect because ain't nobody breaking this red neck then there's more lines 
I'm a Mack truck, don't get run over. We some country boys working overtime for it. Kings of the South, we never had nothing. Blue collar boys do it with our hands muddy. So, like, yes, it's weird James Storm coming out to a rap song, but the lyrics, like, perfectly make sense for James Storm. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, I didn't know about that. I knew the story that Nakamura and Bobby Roode were going to have opposite teams. Yeah, that would have been a weird one. I think, like, Nakamura coming out to Glorious would have been even weirder than James Storm coming out to AJ's theme. Then AJ would have got James Storm's country-sounding theme. Nah, let's just pretend that AJ would have got... Uh, who has some terrible NXT music? Um... It would have got Keith Lee's second theme song. <laughs> yeah. Um, he would have was... come out to Buddy Murphy's dubstep theme. I love that theme. I know, but imagine AJ Styles coming out to it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so from there, speaking of like long necks and red necks... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. So, from <laughs> so from number six, I go over to number five with my choice of Moose and his current impact theme. Very good choice. Um, didn't make my honourable mentions on my list, but that's a very good one. I, I went very heavy on the nostalgia on my list. Didn't really uh, think too much about the current themes at all, to be honest. Um, but yeah, Moose's theme's fantastic. It's probably the best one they have at the moment. Yeah, it'd be be hard to go past that one I think for me anyway um, I just love how like now he's a he's a heel they've taken away the whole moose element to his song so there's no more chanting along with his um, entrance yeah yeah and it's got a good beat to it as well and it really works with his entrance he's, he's pretty over the top with his entrances too so it's like, yeah, all these little pieces that come together that have form a really tidy presentation for Moose. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I really like, yeah, how he's um, changed his whole character since first coming to Impact. And, yeah, he's evolved this character. He hasn't just stayed stagnant as well. No, exactly. And, honestly, I didn't really... Uh... I didn't re it's not that I didn't like it, I just didn't really buy into his original sort of presentation. Um, but now, 
like his presentation is fantastic. I love it. I, I love his character at the moment. Like he's ripping off little bits of other people, but he's sort of making it making it his own thing, and it's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you're number five, my friend. Yes, my number five, uh, another song that I think is very iconic with TNA. Um, pretty much this guy is the guy that solidified that TNA could be a threat, and that is Kurt Angle. Not where I thought you were going with that setup, but yeah, I completely agree there. Hard done by to miss out on my honourable mentions. Yeah, I just—it's just another one of those themes that I associate with TNA. It's like, it's like you know, doing a top ten list of like WWE theme songs from back in the day, and like not mentioning like a Hulk Hogan or a Stone Cold or something like that, like. You got to, even if the music's good or bad or whatever, you have to. It's sort of iconic with those, with that brand. And yeah, Kurt Angle's theme, like, yeah, it's not his best theme, but uh, it's overall a pretty cool rock tune. Um, and him jumping ship in 06, like, that really, really changed the landscape for TNA for quite a quite a bit of time and it's kind of funny that he jumped ship to TNA with all this massive fanfare behind it and then he sort of leaves TNA with like a bit of a whimper really yeah it's sort of sad to see I guess yeah like you could say that they sort of drained him of all the draw power he had and by the time his TNA run was done it was it's sort of just like, yeah, go away now. We don't need you here anymore. And then he shows up in the WWE and you go nuts. But but yeah, um, Kurt Angle's TNA theme, I love it. It's uh, one of those themes that was playing all the time in a period of TNA's history that I was obsessed with the product. Yeah, absolutely, it's... Yeah, he had his problems there, and when he left, he sort of got help for that. So it's good to see that he's um, got help for that now. Yeah, and now he's like doing doing a little bit of coaching, and well, I think he's furloughed at the moment, but he'll be back and in the WWE, and you know, he's a Hall of Famer now, and he's had the perfect end to his career. Besides, you know that match at Mania, but... Hey, Baron Corbin carried that match. Oh, he did. (laughs) It was one of Baron Corbin's better matches. It's just like, man, it would have been good for for Kurt Angle to go out with a bigger bang than that. 
yeah, you could see on his uh, farewell tour that he was very limited, very broken down by that stage. Yeah, and he talks about how when he came to the WWE, he wanted to wrestle. And Vince is like, nah, you're going to be a GM. And Kurt Angle had spent his entire time getting ready to go to the WWE, like flat out wrestling all the time. And then he gets told to be a GM and he stopped wrestling. And he just did the GM stuff for a long time. And all of a sudden, like, the less he was wrestling, the more his body just deteriorated from not wrestling, basically. Yeah, sadly. Yeah. Um, um, on a more positive note, yeah, mine... But... Go on. I was going to say the same thing on a more positive note. What's your... Yeah, my number four is from the early years of TNA. Um, I remember randomly seeing the first two episodes of NWA TNA on Fox 8 back in the day. And I reckon it was like 04. And I was watching like 02 episodes of NWA TNA for some weird reason. It was on like after the Simpsons marathon on a weekend. And I saw this man come out, and this man was Scott Hall, who is my number four. And he comes out to this tune that was just a revelation. I thought it was so good. It's like a TNA ripoff of like Don Henley's like Boys of the Summer. Like it's got a bit of the Eagles in it. It's got a bit of slow swaggering rock. Like I really enjoy this theme and I don't expect too many people to actually be too familiar with it because it's not a notorious TNA theme by any standards. So this isn't his the band theme. This isn't Kings of Wrestling theme. No, no. This is from his initial run in like O2. Wow. Yeah. I think he used it a bit in O3 and like he went back to this theme at one point during like the like late 2010s or uh, late 2000s like like around like 06 07 when he had another running had this theme again but yeah this is a pretty niche song but you know he may have ended a fair few TNA pay-per-views with this one and yeah this was like during a time period where it was pretty much Jeff Jarrett and Scott Hall on top or like in the semi-main whilst Ken Shamrock killed someone in the main. Like whilst Ken Shamrock was feuding with like the wall or something in the main event. The wall. 
Yeah, he was part of TNA in the first year. If you have a look at the um, Battle Royal from the first episode of NWA TNA, uh, the last man eliminated in the Battle Royal to crown the NWA champion was The Wall. Wow. Yeah, he was known at the time in TNA as Malice. He was Malice, and he was part of... God damn, why do I know so much sometimes? It was part of uh, the Disciples of the New Church, which was a stable managed by uh, Rev Reverend uh, James Mitchell, or whatever his name is, the Sinister Minister from ECW, uh, Rosemary's Dad. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, well, you're going to be reminded soon by the looks of things. <laughs> They're looking to resurrect Wait, a he, dead body. Isn't he Abyss's father? Yeah. <laughs> TNA, TNA, TNA. Yeah, well, Rosemary was part of the decay with Abyss, so I guess... Oh my god, this is such a stray away from Scott Hall. <laughs> but yeah yeah um O2 TNA is such a fun thing to go back and watch it's not the best by any stretch of the imaginations but it's very easy to watch and it, the time goes by really quick and it's like a car wreck but Scott Hall's TNA theme is one of the highlights for me from that era uh, very good and your number four. Yes, so my number four, I don't think you've chosen this one, but for me it is somebody who got me who got me back into watching NWA, TNA, Impact, Anthem, Owl, Global Force Wrestling TV. <laughs> Twitch. Is... Yeah, Katie Forbes got him kicked off there. <laughs> <laughs> It is Broken Matt Hardy. Yeah, um, I should have given that an honourable mention. How did I skip past, like, the thing that got me back into TNA for a few months and then I gave up on him again? But, yeah, amazing stuff. It is, yeah, one of those songs that's just so different from anything else with the, the slow sort of piano one. It's, yeah, and just that's really all played... And it's all played by Rebby Hardy. Like, that's all legit Rebby Hardy playing the piano. Very talented. Yeah, exactly. And, like, oh, I just remember it was, like, a Bound for Glory or something, and Rebby Hardy came out on a piano on the stage and stuff and played live. It was just an awesome, 
It was awesome stuff. Um, that whole Broken Hardy thing. I, I think we should go back and do a special episode looking at the Broken Hardy saga from Impact. What, the breaking deleted? Yeah, just all the big deletion things. Yeah, I, I, I would love to go back and watch that stuff because it's been way too long. Might be your choice next month for the uh, international review. Yeah, well, well, there's a couple of options I've got. <laughs> Rest assured, I will pick this. I will pick the Hardy thing at some point, but yeah, um, maybe not quite yet. I got a, another couple of ideas to put you through. <laughs> um, yeah, so broken hat, uh, broken hat. <laughs> <laughs> Broken hat. Those goddamn Ishii headbutts will do it to you. <laughs> Anywho, yeah, Broken Matt, uh, Broken Matt family, Brother Nero, Senor Benjamin, Vanguard One. Like, this whole thing got me back into TNA at the time. Yes, Garsguard, the dilapidated boat. <laughs> Oh my god. It's a dilapidated boat. <laughs> uh, then, like, they even had, like, other characters. They had, like, the scribe. Like, that I, guy that, that used to write everything down for him. I love in the first final deletion when the referee, like, it's a random indie ref, turns up and Matt goes, Are you a licensed official? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I reckon, like, there was a good six months there where all I did was talk like Broken Matt. And I'd, someone would say something funny and I'd just be like, ah. <laughs> well, what was it? At um, NXT Melbourne during one of the matches, we were that bored. We started a delete chant. Awesome. Um. Yeah, so 2016, we were at Margaret Court Arena for NXT in Melbourne, and during one of the matches, we were so bored that we started a delete chant in the entire arena. <clears throat> and I don't think that made it to air. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it got cut. Um, yeah, but nonetheless, like, man, that Broken Hardy thing, that was like the talk of the wrestling industry for that that time period anyway and then it pretty much culminating in the Hardys returning at Wrestlemania which was just one of the most special things I've ever seen in in a long long time anyway like I genuinely like was almost in tears watching that happen yeah, I d didn't think it had happened that night because I had just gone through a ladder warfare match with the Bucks at Ring of Honor for Supercard of Honor the night before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, these dudes did back-to-back -back ladder matches in one weekend. Like, insane. At their age, man. But, like, man, Broken Matt Hardy, I I'm gonna... If, we're not, if we don't end up reviewing it, I'm definitely going to just go back and watch it just for my own enjoyment. Like, even Eliza has watched it and loved it. Like, oh, boy. 
Yeah, she thought it was the best. Like, Eliza doesn't follow any wrestlers on anything, but she follows Rebby Hardy on Instagram. She loves Rebby. Well, that is a good follow. Yeah, especially on Twitter. Jeez. <laughs> Ruthless. Uh, so, I suppose from there we should get into honourable mentions. Who would like to start off? Yeah, I'll kick off the honourable mentions. Um, my first honourable mention is uh, for Bobby Roode. In particular, his uh, instrumental sort of orchestral theme he had during his TNA title run. Uh, Bobby Roode was just another level at that time. Like, he was such a great champion for the company. I was such a big fan of him at the time. Still am. Still fingers crossed that maybe one day they'll decide to do something significant with him. But not... I'm not going to hold my breath. Give but, him a yeah. dolphin up a tag run. Yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> um, yeah, have to iterate there that, yeah, big fan. He just missed out on my honourable mentions. Yeah. Um, It's another weird one, but the TNA cross the line theme. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just sort of like from a time period that I loved the company. Like, I was playing their video game, which was horrible. <laughs> I played that flat out. Is that the uh, one where you start off in Mexico? Yeah. Yeah, your it's whole body gets be beaten so bad that you have to create your own wrestler at the start of the career. And then it turns out that you were suicide. <laughs> hey, and then, like, they that. created the character Suicide for the video game and then, like, create the character for the actual wrestling show based on the video game. Like, you know what? While we're at it... Since we're talking about uh, this, this is, I'm just throwing this off the cuff. I didn't even have this written down, but the suicide theme, pretty good. Like, yep. Yeah, it's like, suicide. Well, you guys will probably hear it because spicy, spicy things. But, but, um, yeah, I've, really enjoyed that theme there wasn't too many things i enjoyed about suicide but yeah i really enjoyed that theme um another odd one for my honorable mentions is the aj styles depressed aj theme evil ways from like 2013 or something he loses a match where he can't get a title shot for 12 months and then he starts growing his hair out and starts drinking and riding motorcycles and isn't this where they thought he was the leader of aces and eights yeah 
Yeah, and like everyone thought he was the leader of Aces and Eights, so the entire locker room turned his back on him. And they basically redid the Crow Sting storyline with AJ, except with motorbikes. It was like yeah. if the it was like if Crow Sting was set in Sons of Anarchy and they didn't have face paint. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Yeah, but the actual song, like, I believe it's called Evil Ways. It's a really good tune. Like, I've got it on one of my playlists on Spotify. Like, I love that song. Um, the only reason it didn't make my top ten is because of the... the horrible time period I associated it with. Which eventually, like, leads to a Dixieland match against Magnus. You remember uh, that? I do, but for those unaware, can you explain what a Dixieland match is? Basically, they have a match, and to win the match, you have to crawl up the, you have to walk up the entrance way and climb a ladder and grab the title. The ladder is set on the stage for some reason, so you have to fight your way out to the entrance way. <laughs> then climb the ladder, grab the title. Why? I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's just them just like trying to make up another gimmick for uh, TNA. Very good at being bad at gimmick matches. <laughs> um... Yeah. And my final honourable mention is the Orlando Jordan TNA theme song from his much-forgotten 2010 run. Uh, I may have mentioned to you off-air in a message once that I think Orlando Jordan in TNA was like one of the most underrated things ever. Like, yeah, they went pretty heavy on the overly sexualized version of his bisexuality and all that sort of stuff. And But, like, the way he would come out and he'd be wearing a T-shirt with... But it'd be a mesh T-shirt with, like, holes cut out around his nipples and then he'd have whipped cream on his nipples for his entrance gear. Just outrageous. Yeah, certainly a different time back then. Yeah, but I would say his entire gimmick is Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream is just like PG Orlando Jordan. Perhaps. Like, there's a lot of similarities in their mannerisms and all that, and... Yeah, like, there's a lot of similarities there. But the Orlando Jordan theme song is such a banger. It's so good. Um, if you haven't heard it, check it out. Spicy, spicy, all that good stuff. Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. And that concludes my honourable mentions. Oh, boy. Um, so I've got a fair few more than you, it seems. Yeah, like, like I said, I struggled. Like, there's so many horrible TNA themes that kept popping up for me. So, I gave honourable mentions to Bad Influence. 
Daniel and Kazarian. Yep, when they were drinking apple teenies and all that sort of good stuff. Hey, when I go out, I drink an apple teeny. Apple teenies are fantastic. Fantastically uh, expensive, but yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I think I became obsessed with apple teenies because of scrubs. Ever seen oh, scrubs? Okay. <laughs> yeah, JD and love their apple teenies. Um, but yeah, man, bad influence. Go back and have a look at them doing cosplay as, as the um, Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors. So good. That was the Legion of Boom. Next honourable mention to be beautiful people, as you've already alluded to there. Yeah, obviously I agree with that one. Yeah, very good stuff. Next honourable mention... The Bromance. Oh, no. No? Oh, no. No, no, no it's a good theme. Just I didn't feel like talking about Mr. Pectacular Jesse Goddard's today. I woke up this morning. I woke up this morning and I was like, "Whatever happens today, do not talk about Jesse Goddard's to anyone." But God damn it, you've ruined it. <laughs> ruined it, damn it. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um. Good theme. Uh, Bromance, highly underrated gimmick, to be honest. Uh, although I think Jesse Goddard is absolutely terrible in the ring as a wrestler. Uh, they had the character parts down pat, that's for sure. Next honourable mention was Jao Kim. Yeah, very good one. Someone who's sort of a cornerstone of their Impact's women's division for a long time. Yeah, man. Oh, man. If she came along like five, ten years later, imagine how big of a name Gail Kim would be. Yeah, she was sort of... She did go to the Fed, but they weren't ready for that at that point. Yeah, like her runs in the WWE were like during time periods where they didn't really take women's wrestling that seriously. Um, if she came along or was like, you know, or if she was five to ten years younger and then came along like five to ten years later, like, man, she'd be killing it right now. She'd be absolutely on top of everything. Yeah, I 100% agree there. Next honourable mention, you're probably going to question a lot. Oh, God. Bitchweed. I don't even remember the theme, so... It's actually a good tune. I remember it now. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I, I remember it. Uh, it's a, it's still a interesting choice, but yeah, it's a good tune. But, um, yeah, I forgot all about it. At a time when Jeff was given pretty much creative control of his own destiny. Yeah. Now, I'm sorry. Did, did you pick a... <laughs> did you pick a Willow the Wisp tune as well? Not that I can see on here yet. <laughs> uh, 
my next choice was <laughs> from the deep waters, Shark Boy. Are we talking his uh, Stone Cold ripoff song? Absolutely. Oh, hell yeah! Open up a clam of whoop ass! How did they not get sued for that? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Actually, speaking of suing people. <laughs> Alright. You know the movie Shark Boy and Lava Girl? Yeah. Apparently, Shark Boy sued him and got a settlement out of that because he owns the copyright to the name Shark Boy. Yeah, I heard that. I've heard that before, yeah. Well, good for him. That's an easy payday. <laughs> yeah. uh, next honourable mention I had was Sting. Yeah, yeah, it's another one of those sort of iconic TNA's, TNA themes. Um, chaotic of a tune it is as good as it is it's sort of one that i don't associate the sting crow character with so it was hard for me to put in the top 10 i associate that song more with tna than i do with sting as weird as that sounds like it's more of a i hear that tune i just think of tna in general not really sting because sting's other songs are just so iconic yeah, yeah, I absolutely sort of have to agree there. Next honourable mention was Suicide, which you discussed before. Oh, good. Good, yeah. I sort of just threw mine on at the last second, but you made me think of it. And I was like, yeah, it's hell of a tune. Especially uh, when the lyrics kick in. The lyrics are fantastic. Sorry. Uh, did you lose all that? I was just saying, like, especially when the lyrics kick in, like, the lyrics are really fantastic in that Suicide song. A uh, couple more I've got here. Honourable mention to our Aussie, Tennille Dashwood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's one of those people in TNA that sort of gets to use her indie music on TNA or on Impact, so I sort of didn't necessarily consider it a TNA slash Impact song, which is yeah, weird. That, that's sort of where I was sort of humming and daring about ranking her or not, so that's why I just sort of decided to give her a, a special mention. Yeah. Last two I have here is Willow! I knew it. Knew it. Oh, man. Yeah, I can't put Itchweed on there and not have Willow. Man, you know, uh, I don't know if it's still entirely true, but, like, a year ago, they were still selling Willow the Wisp TNA umbrellas on their shop. Really? Yeah, because they just... They must have bought so many of them and they just didn't sell any. I don't think... This was like a year ago that I saw it, so hopefully they got rid of them all by now. Hell no, I want a Willow umbrella. If I'd known that, I would have asked you to get me one for my birthday. Got <laughs> impact. Okay. Oh, there's nothing on there for Willow. Oh, uh, 
Good choice, man. Uh, pretty much throw in any Jeff Hardy TNA song. It's, they're usually very strange, but like it usually works after a little while. Yeah, I'd have to agree there as well. Um, and my final honorable mention mostly for the music, not for the man himself. It is. Oh dear. <laughs> Sorry? I was just bracing myself when you introduce someone like that. Oh, God, who's he going to say? <laughs> it is with a very inspired System of the Down toxicity sounding song, Vince Russo. Oh, that's right. Oh, I forgot about that tune. Yeah. It's, it's like, why would you give it to this guy? And it's like, Oh, yeah, that's right. His best friends with the <laughs> owner of the company. Yeah, he gets whatever he wants. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Vinnie Roo. Well, it's it's pretty tough to talk about TNA wrestling without talking about Vinnie Roo. So we're going to talk about Russo. <laughs> this segment everyone always shares when he's in the ring in the white hood and goes, like, it's Tanae, I think, going... Who is it? And he takes off the hood and goes, Holy bleep, it's Vince Russo! Yeah. <laughs> it's Vince Russo! Yeah, uh, fantastic. Um, so from there, we go on to number three. Who'd like to start the top three first? I can start the top three first if you like. Yeah, no worries. Um, my number three. Let that sink in. Is EC3. Trouble, 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 trouble. Da-da. Trouble! Ladies and gentlemen, EC3. How do you not love this song? It's so catchy, like, especially, like, back in his initial run and he'd have the whole crowd chanting along to it. Even though it was a despicable heel, the crowd just couldn't help themselves and chant along to it. Like, such a good tune. Um, I doubt we'll get that tune again with his current gimmick, but, yeah, uh, trouble, 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 trouble. Trouble. Good. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to talk about not my number three now, which is the exact same song, EC3, with Trouble. <laughs> so we both decided to be cute and put EC3 at three. Yeah, I couldn't help myself. It is. Yeah, me neither. I was almost going to put him at one, but then I was like, nah, I've got to put him at three. <laughs> I felt... It's probably one of the best songs of the um, sort of late TNA, early impact 
era. Yeah, easily. But I thought there was two songs better than it. And it just it just lends itself, yeah, like you said, so well to the crowd when he's a face, so well to the crowd when he's a heel. Um, yeah, so I suppose agreeing with all your points, it's a bit a bit lacklustre. Um, I shall talk about my number two if you like. Yeah, go for it. So prepare to fall down the catacombs, for it is abyss. <laughs> I was a bit too rough not giving him a, a mention on my top 10 list, but I didn't. But this is a very, very iconic TNA song, and my god, I miss this. Yeah. Apparently, Joseph Parks was on the um, Talking Smack the other week. Yeah, with AJ, yeah. When AJ was talking about how it's obvious Sami Zayn has been sitting at home eating chocolates with his pregnant wife trying to make her feel better when he should be training and all that. And then uh, Joseph Park sitting next to him and he goes, hey, I sit at home and I eat chocolates with my wife and I give her foot rubs and I, I'm quite a handsome man. And AJ just completely loses it. Like he goes, he just completely cracks. <laughs> oh man. Did they send for the man? Yeah, well, it was a definite send for the man moment, that's for sure. Oh, man. I mean, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, one of the most iconic themes of Impact, one of their longest tenured wrestlers in their Hall of Fame. Now with the Fed, as much as I'd love to see an Abyss match, even if it's like a one-off match just versus Kane for the sake of it, in a Hell in the Cell or something. As much as they've killed the Hell in the Cell giving code for the last two years at the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view, I'd enjoy that. Yeah, um, unfortunately, we both kind of know that Abyss can't go anymore. Like, his, his later runs with Impact, like, he definitely was a shell of his former self like 05 like Abyss what a monster like just an absolute beast in that ring but if Abyss got to have one match in WWE against anyone I don't care like I'm gonna take off my critics hat for that match and just sit back and let him have it just because he's he's earned it over all these years yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it an automatic six beers just because the dude just deserves one match on this massive stage. Like, even if it's a, I don't know, roadblock end of the line, like, he deserves it. Roadblock end of the line. <laughs> had two roadblocks that year. What the hell? <laughs> Um, it was a yeah. it was a very bumpy road that year, I guess. 
so yeah so yeah that's why i chose this um your number two alex my number two is from a time where i was just infatuated with this pairing um it is lax the theme song for homicide and hernandez from their initial run Orgullosamente Latino hasta la muerte y después Worldwide Latino pride The ambassadors of violence LAX, K-Dog, the notorious 187 homicide yeah, so it's just like a hardcore sort of rap song, really. Um, it's just got such a good beat to it. It's for your reference from when you're doing the splicing and you need to figure out which LAX theme. Uh, it's the one where it goes, we be jumping, bang, the bang, the bang, bang. Um, it's that one. Because there's like three or four different versions. But... Yeah, I love the LAX theme. This one's sort of wrapped by Conan and someone else as well. I love the LAX gimmick. Um, man, Hernandez and Homicide was like, they were two of my favorites at this time period. Very high on those guys. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of an uh, underrated um, tag team at the time. Yeah. yeah, definitely, and it makes me sad seeing what has come become of Hernandez in current day Impact Wrestling. <laughs> like, yeah. Poor guy just gets robbed all the time. <laughs> yeah, shouldn't trust Rhino or Heath. No, no. No, he just walks around backstage with giant wads of money for some reason. He doesn't trust banks. Yeah, I guess. I guess I can't. I can't even. I can't even recall the last time I held like a note. <laughs> oh yeah, I suppose you've been out the house in weeks. Yeah, exactly. Dude, I haven't even held my card in for ages. Like I use my phone as a card now. So I've got that like Apple Pay thing. So like, like man. Hernandez, get with the times, dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Um, so, would you like to reveal your number one? Yeah, my number one, I think this is the a thousand percent the most iconic theme in TNA history. For the man that I think you could probably say is Mr. TNA, despite him going on to bigger and better things since. Uh, it is AJ Styles, Get Ready to Fly. Actually, before we start the music, I have to admit something. That is my number one choice as well. Get ready to fly!
Yeah. I, I, so that's twice we've done a top ten and we've both agreed on number one. Yeah, I don't know how, but we did. Yeah, was, I think this one was a bit of a layup, to be honest, just because, like, you think of, like, the glory days of TNA, you think of AJ Styles. Like, he is TNA. Yeah, absolutely. As you said, he is Mr. TNA. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy that, like, he is Mr. TNA and, like, you think of TNA, you think of AJ Styles. But nowadays, you think of AJ Styles, you don't necessarily think of TNA anymore. No. No, it's like, it's pretty cool to see how far he's come, but man, this song's awesome. You hear this song, you know you're going to get a banger match, basically. Yeah, this is sort of one of the most iconic um, iconic songs of sort of wrestling at that time from any company. Yeah. Like, I remember the first time I saw AJ Styles, like, on a TNA show wrestling, like, and, like, some of the things he did, I just couldn't comprehend at the time, and I thought it was, like, the coolest stuff ever. Like, the phenomenal forearm, like, yeah, it's a basic springboard maneuver today, but, like, at one point, like, that was just crazy stuff. Um... When he used to do the springboard moonsault into the reverse DDT, like, I thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Like, AJ Styles is the guy that sort of got me more into moves. You know, like, he got me more into the sizzle of wrestling, seeing all the cool high spots and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. He sort of always grabbed your attention when he was on screen. Yeah, exactly, and, like, man, like, you could, you're going to be hard-pressed trying to find a bad, like, AJ Styles TNA pay-per-view match. Yeah, I can't really think of, like, a standout terrible match from AJ. Yeah, he might have had a couple of, like, oh, that wasn't as good as I thought it would be. But it's not doesn't mean it was a bad match. Yeah, like, I, I I can't think of any. <laughs> like you like we talked about earlier, that unbreakable three way with Samoa Joe and Daniels. All of his matches with Kurt Angle were fantastic. Um, his matches with Christian Cage. Man, like he he pretty much made Magnus a star, like Man, like, he had some matches with Jeff Hardy that were absolutely, like, pun intended phenomenal at a time where getting a good match out of Jeff Hardy was a bit of a task. Like, at a time. Yeah. Yeah, and Sting as well. Like, I would say, like, some of Sting's last great matches were against AJ Styles. Wow, yeah, it's sort of strange to think that, but yeah, it's true. Yeah. Like, oh, even like 
you know, a guy you mentioned earlier, like Abyss, like some of Abyss's best stuff against AJ Styles. Like, you pretty much name anyone on the TNA roster from that time period. Think of who, think of what their best match was. There's a good chance you're going to say a match involving AJ Styles and that person. Yeah, it's... Even, like, James Storm, Bobby Drew. Yep. Yeah. Certainly. I would say, I would say, like, Beer Money had some amazing matches with the Motor City Machine Guns, though. I was talking more just their singles matches. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, AJ's just, like, like, it was just the good matchmaker. Like, like you want to have a good match on your card, you put someone against AJ Styles. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I suppose without repeating ourselves again, that sort of wraps things up. Um, yeah. Did you want to let the humans know where we're going next musically? Ooh, yeah. Uh-huh. I've been thinking, 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 uh-huh, that we got to be a man, uh-huh. Um, we're going to be reviewing the Macho Man Randy Savage Be A Man album. Full disclosure, I've already listened to it in full. I did some housework the other day and put the full album on. <laughs> And just listened on my headphones. Oh it's, boy! <laughs> I honest like you're more of a rap fan than me, so you might be a little bit more offended by it, to be honest. But I didn't think it's that bad. But we'll yeah. we'll get yeah. around to it. Like we there's can... there's some really catchy tunes on there. I think. Yeah, I suppose we'll um see when we get there yeah i think uh you being more of a rap connoisseur than me you're just gonna want to punch me in the face for even saying that i thought it wasn't that bad (laughs) oh boy um yeah so that being said um stay phenomenal uh (laughs) well how about you people you you stay out of trouble, trouble, trouble. Um, and you live in your very own version of whatever my world is. And you, uh, I can't think of any other TNA song titles right now. Catacombs, Shark Boy, uh, Cross the Line, not thinking of anything clever to end this podcast with. Oh, well. Oh, shell, yeah.